0: Chapter 1 How to Swim Through Waves. July Thunder Moon. Last summer, I rented a little flat on the island, in the small harbour town, close enough to the pier to hear the passenger announcements on the ferry, which arrived twice a day, its horn setting a slow rhythm to the days. I had ripped up a redundant London A to Z and used the pages as wallpaper. My shower was full of sand and seaweed. Outside the back door where I went to smoke, chittering sparrows filled the ivy. I was picking up bits of work, considering another season with my old employers, waiting for something to happen. Although I had this place now, with a bookshelf and broadband, I often found myself standing in the kitchen, awash with loneliness. I'd been living alone for a few years, and it was getting to me. Often I'd walk to the top of the hill and watch the moon rise. I'd look down over the town and out across the bay to the other islands and beyond to mainland Scotland and out west where the Atlantic stretches. On other nights I stayed up late travelling in bed, wondering the internet. With my laptop whirring warmly on my duvet I walked the streets of international cities with Google Street View. I fall asleep I dream I am a bird flying high above the internet. Once a week or so, I met my eccentric sea-swimming group. We chatted while getting undressed beside our cars about the weather, sea temperature and conditions. Then, without too much hesitation, we'd walk together into the water. I also swam alone, often from a small beach at the edge of town. I'd eye the water doubtfully for a while before peeling off my jeans and feeling the cold on my legs. I put on my swim boots and gloves and left the rest of my clothes piled up on the pebbles. I moved into the water in increments, all my pores and organs and bodily functions reacting to the cold immersion. When the water was at the bottom of my rib cage, I gathered my will and pushed off into breaststroke, gasping aloud. These were the best minutes of my week. I swam parallel with the coast, getting used to the temperature, my limbs pale under the greenish water, some sea in my mouth, never going too far out or staying in too long. For those minutes, I submitted to the sea, to being submerged to the neck and trusting I would be held up. The sea was the only place where I didn't take my phone. Most nights, I spent my evenings scrolling. I got stuck on an oddly translated wiki-how page about how to swim through waves. The easiest way to let a wave pass is to duck under it. I took a trip south, travelling the country, staying with couples, hearing them chat and laugh through the wall at night. When I came back to the island, I was in a filthy mood, angry, contained and dissatisfied. I was sexually frustrated and my heart ached. I wanted to cry and often did. For the first time in my life, I felt aware of myself ageing, my thirties speeding by. I was embarrassed by my conventional desires. I had hoped I was more resourceful and interesting than to want a boyfriend. But the moon, cold and elusive, was not always enough. I downloaded Tinder and its location-based algorithm showed me inaccessible people on oil rigs and passing fishing boats far out to sea. If you see an exceptionally big wave approaching, the best method is to swim straight towards it. I developed a crush on a friend and after some time found the courage to tell him. Politely but firmly, he said he wasn't interested. Boundless sadness... I was ashamed to be so upset over something that hadn't happened, to be upset over nothing. I raised and destroyed armies in my mind. I decided to make myself get over it. I would seduce someone else I knew. I shaved my legs, put on a dress and walked to his house. He wasn't in. After that, I didn't have it in me. I wasn't too bothered. Island Giganticism is a phenomenon by which animals constrained to an island become, over generations, larger than animals of the same species on the mainland. Without as many predators or competitors, they are able to evolve to be bigger. It's most commonly seen in rodents. On my islands, voles and mice have been shown to be bigger than their cousins on the mainland. If you find yourself caught by a wave and tumbled around, relax. Don't try to fight it. The wave will let you go in a few seconds. I walked up to the Black Craig, then along the lonely stretch of coast to the highest cliffs on the island. From the coastal path, I looked at the wave energy devices bobbing on the sea and waved to the ferry, but I don't think anyone waved back. A sea stack looked like a colossal exclamation mark dropped into the water, an improbable structure that I imagined collapsing right then and there with only me watching. I thought about how, the day before in the supermarket fruit and veg aisle holding a soggy lettuce, I decided I was definitely leaving the island at the end of summer. But right now, up there with the pink thrift and orchids and lapwings and wheat ears and puffins, I didn't feel so sure. I thought about how someone had told me there is only one house on the island that can't be seen from another. I thought about how the tiny Primula Scotica likes exposed, salty places. I followed the burn up into the hills to find a wooden sauna I'd heard about and seen pictures of, taken not so long ago. Curlews were going bonkers. I found the little waterfall and the pool dammed up below it, but the sauna wasn't there. It had burned to the ground, leaving only blackened stumps. I cooled my feet in the water, walked to the road, then hitched a lift back to town with a seal biologist. I had the skeleton of a good life, but there was no heart inside. I'd been wearing the same warm layers year round for the last two years. My summer and party dresses hung in the wardrobe unworn. My photos used to be all of people, now they were of the sky. The birds I saw were the high point of my day. One day, a male harrier, a silver glimpse while driving. The next, a pair of eider ducks in the harbour, cooing comically. I was living midway between my parents and in the middle of their communications. Divorced a decade earlier, they used me to find out information about the other. I tried to be OK to relax and be grateful for what I had, but I kept being jolted by a lurching for more. The same desire and self-belief that motivated me made me frustrated. The pain was a byproduct of my ambition. If you find yourself getting beat up by the waves, you either need to go into shallower water or get away from the shore past the waves. There were days when the loneliness built up and came spilling out in angry comments often directed at the island. On nights when I was aching and alone, I wondered if this was the life I'd stopped drinking to live. I needed to get away. I wanted an adult life, restaurants, sexiness, conversation and art. I wanted to meet new people who didn't know old things about me. I got paid and had enough in my bank account to see me through a few months so decided to set sail. I gave notice on the lease of my flat and, in barely any time, got up early one morning to board the ferry. I've always loved how it feels to leave, the motion of the ferry pulling away from the pier on the island, the bus setting off down the A9. As Scotland passes, in my notebook, my dream diary, I write to the great love of my future, imagining lines and declarations to a faceless, nameless fantasy. I want to sleep in every room of your house. I want to know a memory from every year of your life. I will plot the curve of your back on graph paper. I will cut the letters of your name out of each day's newspaper. I want school children to recite the sequence of your DNA.